Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women on how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwitit.org. Okay, welcome to another edition of the Get Witted Podcast. Today with us is Jennifer Bonin. Yay! Yay! Awesome! <laughs> and it's a Monday. And it's a Monday. <laughs> Hashtag winning. That's <laughs> said it right. So, um, Jennifer has this really, really cool um, company that she's CEO and co-founder of. But before we get there, we got to know the backstory. Yeah. So start with the backstory. And we're not talking like when you were born, but like no. maybe. <laughs> I could tell you about my first business at five, but you know. Oh, okay. That lemonade stand really took off. <laughs> Actually, you know what's super funny? I said this the other day. I was like, I wish that there would have been the same programs that we're working on right now um, for youth entrepreneurs when I was little because I actually had the first concept of like once upon a child or that, you know, where you recycle the toys. But like when I was five, so no one had it then. And I was like recycling toys in my neighborhood where I would take toys in. The kids didn't want, they would get tickets and then they could get new toys that they wanted and we would switch them out. Wow. At five years yeah. old. At five. Yeah. I was creating a toy recycling business. Oh my so I God. knew I knew I'd do entrepreneurship at some point in my <laughs> career. But it started really little. Um, my God. parents would get calls frequently from neighborhood parents like, Your kid took my kid's toy. She's like, No, no, it's her business and it's legit. We started signing waivers really early on. Just Oh, well there you go. Even your parents got involved. Yeah, they're like, please sign a waiver if your child wants to participate. (laughs) Well, at least they were open to encouraging you. Yeah, they were very open. I um, most parents would be like, don't do this. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. And mine are very not. They're not. They'll tell you. They'll be the first people to tell you they're not business people. Um, uh, by trade, my mom's a nurse. She's actually a nurse on a COVID unit right now. So she's like front line on all this. And my dad is a teacher. And so both of them are very encouraging, but they're like, we don't know how to do this. We will encourage you, but we don't really know what you're doing. Like they were pretty sure I was switched at birth in the hospital. And (laughs) like I was someone else's child. I'd wear like these little red power suits all the time when I was about five I, I picked him out at the store. I have no idea. So they were like, you were just born this way. We didn't make you this way. This is just who you are. And we're just going to like help you be you. We're going to encourage the growth. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Like so they were always about help me be me, but I did. I funny enough. I started my career in consulting. So um, I work for Accenture. So anyone back as old as I am knows there used to be St. Charles, which was a camp they could send you to um, post-college where you would hang out with other folks that were going to work for Accenture. And you basically, it was boot camp. And even though they offered you a job at the end of that camp, if you didn't pass the test, your job was done. Oh, Yeah, it was pretty intense. So I did that for a while and um, ended up taking on um, different director level jobs in technology companies, uh, running teams, building teams, doing all of that. Um, Got some mentorship under one of Jack Welch's old executives that he taught that up or out philosophy. So I learned up or out really quick. Like, Either you're moving up or you need to go leave and work somewhere right. else kind of a thing. So I, I like got, shit or get off the pot kind of thing. Uh, totally. That was totally. And I learned that firsthand from one of the people he taught that to. So I was like, <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Um, and eventually went to work for Oracle and um, it was a great experience and figured out that it was probably time to do my own thing. And I, I felt like I was finally at a point where I'd learned enough to be stable enough on my own to create a company or an organization without needing to lean on other people in like a bigger corporation. Sure. And that is 
Yes, the AI App Store. So we created this. Um, we created the name of it cracks me up because I love it. <laughs> Pink Lion. Yeah. yeah. So we um, we originally. So we. That's the funny part of this. So um, Pink Lion. We came up with in. Um, about a year ago, we came up with this concept and then just recently have started pivoting to the AI app store so people know what it does. Um, what we always wanted to be though, the reason for the logo and the way it looks the way it does um, is because we wanted uh, technology to be, we know AI is going to be the next industrial revolution oh, it's gonna be yeah. important for all of us. Whether we get it or not now, it's important. But what we wanted was um, something that showed how important AI was, but a softer kind of side of it. So you're not afraid of it. Like if a pink lion walks up to you, it's very different than a real lion. So we were like, let's make it pink. It seems less threatening. It seems more <laughs> approachable. Um, so we did that and then pivoted, um, uh, actually um, sold the pink lion name in March and now we're the AI app store but same concept applies we want to bring um, AI to the world and um, get it out there for everyone so it's usable and it makes sense um, a lot of what we did too was start with I mentioned I had a long background in tech but what I wanted to do is start with social impact at our core so really focusing on um, how do we do things that give back in the world and how do we create a technology company that people actually trust that we're not manipulating your data or selling it to people on the black market or, you know, That's those types of things. <laughs> so, and, and we really focused on how do we do that, especially now during COVID and with what the world's going through. So we really pivoted our verticals that we're working with to companies that have, um, impact at their core around one of the programs we're working on now is with youth. So youth entrepreneurs creating a oh. platform to engage them across the globe so um, that they can work on things they're passionate about. So there is a group of youth here in Minnesota because we have Mayo Clinic in our backyard who's working on a project called UMed, and we're infusing AI into UMed, which is basically the um, hospitals of the future. So where it's uh, more robotics and automation and some of the things like um, delivery of medication and stuff like that through robots and other um, mechanisms. So we're working with them on that. And we're working with um, another youth um, C-level team, like an 11-year-old CEO, um, on a app that's AR, VR for veterans. So to help them with PTSD. Oh, wow. Back into the world. So these youth, I'm telling you, they're, they're super smart. And I've uh, spent time with some of the top tech CEOs in the world. And I, I love spending time with these kids. They're just so creative and, you know, so much fun to help them reach their passion. And you have kids. I do. I have two of them. Well, how old are they? I have a four-year-old little boy. And my daughter will be 10 this month. Use track of time in COVID, I've noticed. Oh I'm like, what God. day is it? <laughs> <laughs> what month am I, right? Like, what month am I? <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> I know, right? And can we get a do-over? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. I think 2020 had a virus. We should reboot and try again. Yeah, right? Like, just call it, yeah, it's restart. Just reset. Go back to the beginning. That's <laughs> about where I'm at. I <laughs> saw the best meme and said, you know what? We're done. Just let it be Christmas. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, just, <laughs> just skip ahead. Either reboot or skip ahead. We got to yeah. do something different. But yeah, I'm with you on this one. It's so been crazy. A, you have a 10-year-old little girl? I do. And um, she actually came up with the concept for, um, you know, kids sometimes, and you have children too, so you know this, right? Like they teach us things through different ways that we don't always see it. But she was the one that really pushed me to work on a project I'm working on now, which is the children's book series on AI. So it'll oh, teach, wow. yeah, it'll teach kids about machine learning and AI so they understand it and then they can teach their parents. That's like, good because be I don't understand that. Right. That's why it's brilliant though, right? Like you teach yeah. the kids and then they'll teach their parents. Like, here's how this works. Yeah. Um, but it was her idea. So she wrote me a story one day about um, the, the lions called Gracie Gray. So my daughter's name is Grace and my son's name is Grayson. 
So she said, Gracie Gray is the lion and Gracie Gray's best friend is a bot. So like a robot, but it's an artificial intelligence bot. And they go on adventures together. And she had different adventures she wanted them to go on. Oh my to teach God. them about how things worked in the world. So imagine you go into a self-driving car and you see the parts of it that are using AI and how it works. So they'll go on these adventures together and teach kids the components of what makes up algorithms and machine learning and AI in a way that'll make sense to the kids. You should get those published. Yeah, we're working on them right now. And then teaches them things even like um, one of the ones she came up with was the idea of how we all celebrate different holidays and how different is okay. And that when you actually search on the internet, different people have different holidays that they participate in and just creating inclusivity of information by getting more information than what you're exposed to, that it helps us. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That was her idea. Yeah. Good for her at 10 years old, changing the world. Yeah, we hope so. That's what she's working on. And meanwhile, I was in the car the other day. Someone asked me once, um, being an entrepreneur and running a business, does it rub off on your kids? And I said, well, I think it does because I was in the car the other day and they were sitting in the back seat. And she explained to my four-year-old that she just wanted him to send her the dividend checks from the companies that she was going to... (laughs) That she was going to live on a farm and do art and do all these fabulous things. She goes, but Grayson, you run the company and then just send me my dividend check. <laughs> like, you're four and ten. Really? Like, like, they're, gonna do this. they're already planning it. I mean, they're yeah. planning their future. <laughs> yeah, she was brilliant. She was outsourcing. She's like, you're going to run it. I'll just, you know. I'll do what I need to do. You can run the company. Just send me the checks. Well, there you go. A woman after my own heart. Just send me the money. I just care about yeah. it. <laughs> just send me the checks. I'll be good. Send so. me the money. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, good for her. I hope she continues. Because, yeah. you know, that's a uh, lots of women get into IT and then they fall out because of the culture, atmosphere, or oh. not the encouragement. So, yeah. Um, hopefully she stays on it. I know. Yeah. And we need her to teach us AI because I don't understand it. (laughs) Yeah, No, that's what I'm excited about. Like as soon as she does, she's like I said, she does the illustration. She's very artistic, um, super creative. And so she illustrated the whole thing for me and came up with it and the idea and the concepts. And then we just help her achieve those. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, um, by the time this is released, this will already be announced, but you, I will have to connect with you because um, I'm building out a mobile app. We will have to showcase her on the mobile application and we're doing featured spots for women and we'll just have a young woman feature. That would be amazing. You said she'll be 11 next month. So she'll be 11 at this time. So yeah, exactly. Yep. The future of the world take her over. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and already delegating, she's super good at that she, delegating. That's great. That is a skill you have to have in this world is delegation. Yep. That is. She's super good at that. She's already delegating to her brother on what task he needs to do and how he needs to do it. So. That's great. That's great. All right, so go into what companies do you work with? We work with a lot of different ones right now. We're focused very much on um, not-for-profit or non-profit companies that just need a platform that'll drive real adoption. So another passion besides the youth entrepreneurs that we're building the platform for, um, we're working with an organization called Global Minded. And what we're doing is first-gen to college students. So um, folks whose parents didn't have an opportunity to go to college or higher education, we're working with them to algorithmically connect them to jobs and opportunities and internships. So the one good thing about COVID that I've seen is companies who traditionally were stuck in the mindset of you can't work remote, you need everyone in the same space, are really having to get out of that old mindset and adapt newer strategies, which is great because it's happening faster than I think we would have ever seen it without this. Um, And one of those things we can do is connect them to more diverse populations of students. So um, 
getting more difference in socioeconomic background of the folks they're bringing in, different geographical backgrounds, where they live, where they've been raised, you know, different backgrounds in terms of their cultures and what they're used to. So bringing this to companies that really want that diversity, but haven't figured out how to tap into those universities oh, wow. or places. So um, this app is like, I, we, uh, it oversimplifies it when we um, we're talking with the United Nations, but it really what it is, is it's eHarmony or a matching platform for students to match their interests to internships or jobs or opportunities. Because if we all remember 2008, which I do, and the financial crisis that ensued then, um, young people got really hurt, new people coming out of college who needed jobs and internships were the ones who weren't getting them and they really struggled. So we're hoping this assist in that through this process. So that's something we're working on now. Um, we're also working with a lot of big tech companies. So um, high tech organizations, helping them transform the work they do. Uh, a lot of people are struggling right now with there's too much work and not enough time when you have to take care of kids and balance schedules right. and <laughs> stuff. So it's you like, have to, you'll you have to be like a kindergarten teacher and a, yeah. what grade's your daughter going into? She, she'll be um, fourth grade. So fourth she's grade. fourth grade. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. And it's a struggle to do all of that. So I call bots like the simple way I think of them is your virtual assistant. Right. So if we all had virtual assistants, like what could they do for us while we're doing other things? That's what we look for opportunities for companies. So um, in insurance, for example, right now, big insurance companies um, obviously have a lot of spare cash because people aren't driving. They're not right. going anywhere. <laughs> they're not getting into accidents. So they're able to do something that they weren't able to do with that. So we're using bots to basically go across large volumes of data, which is super boring for any of us to just plow through tons of data and create patterns. And then with a pattern, you can make a decision off of it. And it's as simple as that. Really? And then we figure out how to do that all the time for them so that they know what their customers want, where they're having issues in their platform, you know, creating efficiencies so that humans can think and do the things we're good at and not do all these mundane, monotonous right. types of tasks is the idea. That's fabulous. I interviewed a lady who did that for a law firm. Yeah. She used AI because I guess when they go through, she was telling me that um, when a company acquisitions another company, there's all this data that has to be gone through. Oh, yeah. To, yeah, like it's like quite a, it's just not an easy like, hey, I'm going to take over your company. There's like a ton to, and so they created a AI to do that and, yeah. and just spit out the results. Like it, it's it, awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's so much more efficient. And then humans can do other higher level things like take that data and those just what it, what you get off of chroming through all that information actually help drive decisions instead of just spending all your time digging through data. Yeah. And that's what's brilliant. I mean, stuff we don't even think about. Like I was, we were working with the government recently on every time the, you know, either the Senate or the House, like think about this, this is impacting everyone right now, is the legislation they're trying to create around the CARES Act and COVID and, you know, the unemployment payments and will they be 200, 400, 600, zero, what's it going to be? Well, every time a bill or something comes before those folks, they have to manually check what the last one was and what the new one was and manually basically go through those documents and redline them for everyone. So it's a super intense process to look at what changed from the last one or run it. They have to run it through a pretty um, simplistic um, diffing program to look at the differences between the two. But not everyone does that. Not everyone's offices are doing that. Some of them are doing it still very manually. So what you could do with AI, similar to what she was saying, is you take those and you automatically give the high level of what changed. And people will trust it, right? Right. People a lot of times make mistakes. If you have an aide who did it but missed something, then you missed it, right? Like uh -huh. it's up to human error and we all make errors when we're fatigued or you've been working long hours. We can use machines to do some of that heavy lifting so we don't have that human fatigue error coming into play in those situations. Yeah, that would takes it out of it. 
Yeah, it goes way faster, right? Because then now, instead of waiting a day to have an aid go through and validate it, it's automatically done in a matter of minutes. It's right there. It gives you a high-level summary. So that's the next piece of what we'll see that I think really makes a difference is not just doing the heavy lifting, but visualizing information in a way that we can make decisions off of it. Like making it really easy. Right. The Cliff Notes version. <laughs> yeah, I have the dummy book. <laughs> Yeah, the Cliff Notes version. I was giving a talk the other day and I loved it. Someone did like the um, sketch pad or sketch note version of my talk. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so much easier. I'm just going to use that next time. Oh, where they drew the, as they went. Oh yeah. The drawings and the pictures. I'm like, because we probably, you know, we remember pictures so much better anyways, Mm -hmm. but it was such a great way to visualize it. And that's the next piece in AI is once you get the data, visualizing it in a way where we go, oh, that's what you need me to do. So. And then execute it out. Yeah. Makes it way easier. It's yeah. like the coloring book version of. You need one of those bots just to follow me around all day and just. Oh, yeah. You'd love it. It would be good. <laughs> <laughs> Take all the little tasks. Listen to yes. what you need. Get the to-do list. That like kid over there needs to eat. Go feed him. Yeah. <laughs> Order something for that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. That, that, go take care of that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool, actually. So you're in Minneapolis. Yeah, I am. It's the home of Prince. I know. We Paisley um, Park. Love Paisley Park. Exactly. <laughs> we did a big um, launch event last year at Paisley Park because um, after Prince died, you know, it was, I think, you know, it's so tied. Our goal this year was to come back home before COVID. We didn't realize that was coming. But before COVID happened, we wanted to get more local, you know, support more um, the Midwest and and this area and its tech ecosystem and supporting people in um, not just on the coast, because a lot of this tech's developed, you know, in, in Silicon Valley or on the East Coast. Right. And we want to bring a lot of that to the Midwest. Um, also wanted to create a lot of jobs in this space in the Midwest for people so um, we hosted our launch event at Paisley Park because we were all about keeping it local, you know, all the Minnesota things. We had a, a country singer who's rising up the charts right now. Not everyone loves country, but he's um, local Minnesota based that was there and sang and, you know, just really focusing on local right now. And then COVID happened and now we can't leave. So it's good we focus local. That's right. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. You're trapped. You're We're trapped. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. When you said Minneapolis, I was like, that's all I can ever think about is Paisley Park. Oh, have you been? I have never been. Oh, they do a really here for all your listeners. So for anyone that comes, they do a really cool tour and it's not that much more. You can sign it. You have to sign up. Um, now it's probably less frequently, but <laughs> they did it in small groups and um, where a very small group of people would get to tour and see like some of his memorabilia and his cars and all that stuff. And they would give you kind of the history. But um, as of when I was there, I haven't been there in a few months. He still had white doves, like live ones that they had there that, that, he, that, that he were like owned? his pets that he owned. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Like remember is the movie yeah. with, the, yeah, those were still there. Mm-hmm. Purple rain. <laughs> yeah. They still have the doves. So, but you can go and there's a VIP tour where if you do the VIP tour and it's again, not much more expensive than the regular tour, you get a picture so you can take a picture and Oh, really? Oh, that's right up my alley. I love the 80s, man. If I could go back and relive my 80s. Right? But tell them to, everyone should, if you take a trip through Minnesota, book it online ahead because they only do them um, a, a couple of days a week or something like that oh, for the foundation okay. that he has. But I would highly encourage it. It's a really neat, I mean, you see how, like, like everyone knows he wasn't a tall guy, but you actually see how tiny he was. So they have tiny. some of his outfits. He was tiny. He was like 112 pounds. Is yeah. all he was a little guy. He's very little. Yeah. So, but it's cool to see and you see the history and a lot of his awards and his studio obviously is there. His office was there. It's just kind of neat to see inside, you know, he was such a creative person you know, what, how people live when they're back. (laughs) (laughs) Out of the norm. They're way out there. Yeah, totally. So it's fun. (laughs) But I would encourage people to check it out if you ever get a chance. 
Uh, I'm going to have to. It's on my bucket list. I have to. Yeah, you need to. Because it's yeah. on, you know, grew up at that era. I loved it. So Yeah, he's, and there's so many other cool, like, um, the time and some of those that the jets are from Minnesota. I probably no one remembers the jets, but they were a singing group too. Like, um, yeah, the jets are from yeah. Minnesota. So they were lived in Minnesota for a long time and they would record with, with Prince. And I was just talking to you on Friday where I was at a women's leadership event. Um, they were trying this new thing where part in person, most virtual, like 600 virtual, but we did it in a TV studio and there's only like 30 people in the room, socially distanced, but the MC was from WCCO and she was the Steele family, which um, is very musical in Minnesota. They record a lot of stuff with Prince and did some of the backup work. And oh, stuff. all right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Lots of connections here. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. <laughs> so um, your company, I noticed, does gaming. Yeah. Yeah. So we've worked, I, for years. So um, people, I mean, I knew what esports were before a lot of people did we worked on the first esports platform oh okay years ago so um i remember when i was working on it i would ask people do you know what esports is <laughs> and everyone would be like what's that right because it was years ago and we um historically had worked with uh, hbo and hbo shifted their platform from um a homegrown Everyone knows Game of Thrones crashed. So when Game of Thrones crashed, all came to an end. <laughs> it all came to an end, and they were looking for a new streaming platform, and they purchased one from MLB. So it was called Bam Tech at the time. Well, not many people had used MLB's streaming platform unless you work for MLB. So when we started working with HBO, we had experience with Bam Tech in the streaming platform. So when the first company to create an esports team out in California wanted to use that platform, we were some of the only people with experience in it. So we oh, that's cool. That. Yeah, so we worked on that um, originally, and that was for Riot Games, so a lot of people know League of Legends and their stuff. So that was my first foray into um, esports was through Riot Games and the gaming stuff. We then um, did some work with Fortnite, which is a game that a lot of people have exposure to. Oh, and my kids play it. Yeah, so we did. <laughs> we did I stuff with them. Like my son, I have a nine-year-old son. He'll yeah. talk to me like I know what the hell's going on in that game. You know, yeah. Ma, like you know, on Fortnite when you get different skins, and I'm like, no, what the yeah. hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's a big deal. That is, that's a huge deal. And that's and that's actually one of the problems, right? So he's right on. Those skins and stuff are really important. So when like it, someone goes in and say you're 9, 10, 11, and you, you only have so much money and you spend money on these things, they better be on your player, you know, so you can use them. So that's one of the things that we work on is stuff like that to make sure that you get what you think you're getting when you're engaging in a platform like that because it has to work. And, and if you think about gaming companies, here's what's super fascinating just in the world of gaming is – it's, um, they don't know what's going to be big till it launches. Right. Right. So they kind of hobble it together and it's like, you know, twine and duct tape and all that stuff till they get it out the door. And then if it goes massive and kids love it, all of a sudden you got to make this thing work and scale. Yeah. So then that's where we come in is, you know, they initially just kind of got it out the door, but now you got to make it work for all these kids who depend on it every day. Right. <laughs> you know, it's the life here yeah well it's so important right now during COVID yeah yeah definitely during COVID but um, the big one right now uh Animal Crossing yes yes oh my do you have a do you do you play do you have a village or no I don't play but I have a teenager (laughs) see I just learned this right like the village and you have to like maintain it like and if you just leave it go like weeds grow it's like anything you know it's like a hot like she and then she's very particular about where you can plant trees and you gotta go fishing oh my god I'm like you know what we're lucky I keep this place afloat there's right like I can't have a like I don't need virtual villages that I'm keeping afloat I've got my own village and it it needs 
Yeah. <laughs> we're lucky we're all surviving here. <laughs> right, exactly. You all got dressed. Did you eat today? Perfect. Doing good. There we go. <laughs> We've successfully made it halfway through the day. Yeah. And she'll be like, oh, do you want to come and play? No, I don't want to come and play. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I yeah. would purposely kill an animal. <laughs> right, exactly. If I had a time warp where I could just lose a few hours, <laughs> it wouldn't matter maybe, but otherwise, no. no. Yeah, so that seems to be the big thing during COVID for us right now. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. It is, and those games have – here's what I think is – I we're working with another company just now, and I thought, well, what a brilliant thing. It's um, eSports um, coaching and basically certifications for coaches. So just like, you know, for oh. sports teams, mm -hmm. live sports, you have coaches. Well, there is no equivalent in eSports, but if you had coaches who were certified to coach kids, so they grow up with more than just knowing how to play, but like, what is good sportsmanship in eSports? Right. What are kind of the rules that we should all live by? You know, what are the social things they're learning? Because they do learn some things through this process, hopefully, and like how to be a good sport, how, all the same stuff you learn in live sports, but not all kids are live sports kids. So if we right. could translate that to what they do like in these esports, I was like, this is brilliant. It's a new company we just talked with last week that we're starting to work with on um, creating that program where you would build these certified coaches that could then help kids with making sure they've got the principles down, the foundation down, that they are using good sportsmanship, that they're getting leadership skills, all those types of life skills that we want them to have. Because we're not getting it in the schools right now. No, right. But if they could get it through this, right, and it's something they spend hours a day, as you know, on, I mean, how do we infuse it in a way that's still gamification, they have fun with it and all of that. So... So we, um, this, well, our conference will be over by the time anybody hears this, but we're using a gaming kind of platform and it's like you have an avatar and you walk through and it's very like tried to be like in person as much as possible because of that, um, ambiance and atmosphere that gets created when people come together it's very yeah. exciting and whatnot. So, um, we're getting a lot of feedback that Zoom and things like that are, are killing the relationships within companies. So I'm guessing you're remote. Yeah, we, um, we're in our office a little bit. Um, Minnesota opened back up June. So in June, we um, started to open back up. And we're a smaller organization, right? So we don't have the large numbers that other people do. So um, when the funny thing is we try and do... Um, and I heard this even from some of my friends, um, in California that they'll take smaller groups of people, two or three, but they'll socially distance and go to like a park, right. Mm -hmm. And they'll have a discussion outside in the park, just on a topic that they were going to talk about as a team, just to get some of that mixed in interaction for the folks that are comfortable with it. Right. Not everyone is. Um, but for us, like I said, I'm starting to see kind of blends of in-person and virtual stuff. Now we're like the TV studio thing where we did it, some people in person, a lot of people on Zoom, but you got a different vibe from it and learning how to mix those strategies, I think is really nice because there's, I mean, the a lot of the introverts that I've talked to who are naturally introverted, they're like, this is amazing, right? Like they love it. They like, love it. <laughs> I'm living my best life. Like this is they're like, COVID is great. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this is awesome, right? And then the huge extroverts are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hurt someone. Like, oh. it's so hard. It's you very hard. Yeah. And I'm you love your family, person. but you need some other people besides them. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a social person. I would need to get away from have other interactions other than Fortnite yeah. scans and animal crossing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what's for dinner. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Like something else. Yeah. So that's why I'm hopeful that we find a way as it's safe for people, but to start to do these mixed events where the folks that really do, they're okay on zoom and they're okay, you know, being remote, but feeling connected are there and then the people that do want some more of that interaction can do it in a way that's safe but distance still you know in larger spaces with less people and 
all of that. But we'll see how that plays out. But we're starting to try that here more, and it's seeming to work, as well as um, I really – I have a group of folks that have I've known for a long time in my circle where I'm, you know, slowly starting to get to them now and, and do things with those groups in small ways mm-hmm. so that they're comfortable, but yet they're getting what they need, which is that interaction. Right. So does your um, company work with like all apps? Yeah. Yep. So, so any, any app could be made into a AI powered AI? Mm-hmm. Really? How would that, how does that work? Like take an app that. Yeah. So basically what we do first is um, a design, like a human centered design session. So it's basically, what are you trying to achieve? Like, what are you trying to do with whatever you're building? Everyone has that goal. Right. Um, and then we basically build them an AI roadmap and it just says, based on what you're building, here's all the places kind of like the legislation thing where if this is your process and how you do your job every day or what you envision this app doing for people every day, um, how do you start to layer AI insights across that? And what are the different components? It could be as simple as you want to get, um, I'm working with a group out of New York um, and they work with a lot of female business owners who are starting okay. companies. And historically, Amazon, Google, all the big guys have always had this capability to recommend and know what you want. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> try and shove stuff in your cart for you and all that stuff. But um, we said, wouldn't it be nice to bring that to small businesses and give them some of the insights that the big ones are getting, but show them how to do it because they don't have all the tech people and the savvy that the big ones do. So what we do is build them a roadmap that says, would you like to just know sentiment of your consumer? Like what your consumer's thinking right now about your app and what they're saying on Instagram and Facebook and all of their social media platforms pulling that in and then analyzing it and saying, if you make these two tweaks, people are going to like this more or using it. Yeah. Or using it to go across, say your UX design. So how you actually set the app up, you can actually see patterns of how people are engaging and where they're stopping and staying to reorder the UX or make changes that'll make it more optimal for your consumer. Now, do you work around, do you have like, um, international companies you are working with yeah so we've we were going to so (laughs) right before COVID hit I was actually in Europe um and um doing some work overseas and now as a strategy I think that'll be a 2021 later strategy now with just everything going on in the world but um really what we wanted to do like I said for the rest of this year is focus on giving back, having that impact, and then smaller businesses. We really want to also impact, you know, the small businesses that are struggling right now and giving them some advantages because we want to see them survive into next year and and make that leap. So that's kind of where we're focused, but we'll go back more international probably in next year, I think is where we'll see. Now, someone came to us and said, we have this really cool problem we want to solve. We'd probably help them with it. But, um, but yeah, I think it's probably more of a next year. Okay. So what do you do when you're not busy? Oh gosh. Right. Because you probably have a ton of free time. Yeah, yeah, no, that's one of the things I was like, oh my gosh, like, it's been, I feel like it's gotten even crazier since this all started, because um, first of all, I think a lot of people all of a sudden woke up and went, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time to do all my work, and um, formerly we're kind of afraid or not wanting to deal with AI, and and now they all kind of woke up and went, oh gosh, we should probably do something with this, like, it's time. <laughs> it's so. There was, I mean, it's, it's coming. It's coming like a tidal wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they know it's coming. But uh, right now, my passion, like I said, is with youth, and it's really with youth entrepreneurs and kids. So this is going to sound funny. This doesn't probably sound like a side project, but um, I'm working right now with um, people um, in the government here in Minnesota to pass legislation to allow youth to own their own businesses so it's passed in California and Colorado, but those are the only two states that have it So as that I know of right now. There might be a third was working on it, but I don't know if they passed it. For sure, California and Colorado and maybe Nevada, but 
I'm not positive. Just to own their own business. Yeah, to allow youth entrepreneurs to own their businesses. Because right now, for youth, if you're not in those states, your parents have to open up the bank account. They have to do the incorporation. They have to register the business, do all of that. Oh, I see. So it's all under kind of their name. Yeah. And and if you don't have a parent that wants to support you in that, right? Right. Or that even knows how to do it. So um, we're partnering with an organization out of Colorado called Dream Tank. And they built now a global program for youth. It's like Techstars or an incubator for youth where youth can apply and get in and they can be a part of this program to get the support they need on how to start a business, how to come up with a business plan, how to get an idea, how to build that out. So now that they have that support, we want to pass the legislation. So youth in our backyard here, I said it's all about local. Um, Folks here in Minnesota, we're starting with Minnesota, but I want to do the surrounding states as well. (laughs) Like Wisconsin needs it and you guys need it. So, Um, but we want to start with Minnesota and get that passed. So we had hoped to get it in last legislative session, but everyone's obviously on COVID, but I think it's going to be important in the fall for kids because without schools, without some of that interaction, Let's have them working on things they're passionate about. And they're tied to things. The, the only requirement for youth is it can't be just like, we can't just start businesses to do things that don't make a difference or aren't good. For right. Them. So it just, um, the legislation ties it to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which means future of work, ending poverty, you know, something that makes an impact in the world. It has to be tied to that. Um, so this program helps them learn how to tie it to impact. Like I mentioned, the one for veterans, um, the one for future hospitals, those types of things. It could be around water safety. It could be around pollution. It could be around anything like that. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's my spare time right now. Oh yeah. That does not sound like spare time. I thought you maybe you'd be like, Oh, I like to golf. (laughs) Right. She's like, I like to pass legislation. (laughs) That's just all. This summer, right? <laughs> Where's the part where we have drinks? I didn't. That. <laughs> that too. Virtually happy hours. I am becoming quite the connoisseur of uh, low sugar wines, so I'm I'm trying that out now. I found this really cool company that does low sugar wines, where you don't get hangovers or any of that bad oh, stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. I, what does it taste like? Well, it's. Some <laughs> <laughs> of them are very good. Oh, okay. Them, mm, yeah. That's why I try them all. But some of them are very good. But you know what it is? It, it, I would encourage people who normally say, oh, I get headaches from reds or I get headaches from certain wine. This is a company that lab tests them for the chemicals and the sulfates. That's usually what's giving people all the side effects. Oh, really? They have all these chemicals in and all this other stuff. But um, this company, what they do is they lab test them to tell you what's in it and preservatives and sugar. I'm telling you, it's like life changing if you like during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, nobody likes a morning hangover. That's for sure. No, right? Wow. So this stuff is incredible. They're called um, Dry Farm Wines, and they're out of California. So they're amazing. They every month or every month or other every two months, I think they ship you. Um, new ones oh so it's deliverable yeah oh yeah it comes right to your door that's oh right to your door even better (laughs) yeah you don't need to go anywhere like and you can pick red white or a mix of red and white or rosés if you like those in the summer and bubbly ones oh yeah what's the name of it i gotta write this down yeah you do dry farm wines dry farm wines all right and you can do different packages, different subscriptions, but it's life-changing. And I'm telling you, I need you to try it. And then I need you to call me and let me know if I was right about how you could like drink. Not that I'm encouraging people to do this, but you could have a whole bottle and wake up the next day and be like, I'm totally good. <laughs> Feel fantastic. I could run a mile. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, not encouraging that. But if it happened, you'll be okay. You'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. that's the worst part about wine. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. is. And that's why this is so different. It's just, and I love it because they, I didn't realize this and I, I love wine, but I didn't realize that a lot of the big wine manufacturers, you know, when you go and you're like, Oh, I love it because it always tastes the same. Well, that's the problem. All those chemicals are what makes it always taste the same. the same. 
Wow. So if you have the, the, these ones that they lab test have to be grown. The reason it's called dry farm is they can't use artificial stuff to grow the grapes. They have to dry farm it, like let it mature on its own and all of that oh. without intervention and without all the chemicals when they produce them. But it tastes different. So like you could get one bottle of a vintage, like same year, whatever, and then get another one and they'll taste slightly different because they're not adding all that stuff that makes it taste oh. like macaroni and cheese when you grew up where it's like right. that fluorescent color but I always tasted the same <laughs> the craft mac and cheese with the yeah. powdered cheese exactly that's how <laughs> right it's chemically induced <laughs> okay they probably just pound out chemicals and yeah there's your powdered cheese <laughs> exactly see same thing with wine so <laughs> are your kids in any sports I have my four-year-old loves to golf. So you talk about golf. We, um, we just put in like a little golf course in the backyard, a little golf course, not a big golf course in the backyard for him to start doing that. Cause he was, he loves to swim and do all these things, but they can't really right now. So, um, so no, we've tried to do like golf in the backyard for him. And then my daughter is super artistic. So she's a swimmer and an artist but she's not a team sports person. So she'll always do those individual type things, but probably not team sports for that one. My, Whereas, my son is a big swimmer. Yeah. And, and was he a natural swimmer? Like some kids you throw them in and it's like, they just start swimming right away. Yeah. That was her too. She's long and lean. And you know, she reminds me of like a girl version of Michael Phelps with like those really long hands. Like her feet are like the same size as mine. And like, you know, she just has very long limbs and things. So yeah, my son's not quite as old as your daughter. He is nine and he's almost five feet and he weighs up a whopping 60 pounds. So when the wind blows just yeah. right, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just tall and lean, like just, yeah, yeah. but so. great in the water. And they're just so graceful when they, uh -huh. you know, it's like they're floating on there. Yeah. <laughs> so I know, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, yeah. okay. Well, we need a website. Yes. So I have two of them. I have mine, which is my jenbonine.com. So if you want to learn about wine and that stuff, go there. Because that's, <laughs> that's where that I talk about all the, the website to check out. <laughs> So my Jen Bonines, it's J-E-N-N-B-O-N-I-N-E.com is where all my tips on all that stuff is, um, the fun stuff. And then um, AIAppStore.com is our company website, and you can put in your information, and we'll get it to build your AI roadmap and plan for company. All right, perfect. And then it, they, so they can reach out to you. So yeah. So company can reach out through that, like a contact us kind of thing. Yeah, totally can. Yeah, okay. my Jen Bodine website or on um, LinkedIn. I use that a lot if people have questions too. All right, perfect. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time because we know that Dry Farm Wine is waiting for you. <laughs> it is two o'clock. No, it's not there. What is it? Not there? here yet. It's almost one o'clock though. And in COVID time, that's practically like five o'clock. So. Correct. It is so <laughs> close. <laughs> It's so close. We're right there. <laughs> That's how I look. I'm figuring anything, if I can make it after 12, yeah. game on. Game on. It's a good day. It's <laughs> yeah. a good day. So, because everything happens before noon, and then after 12, it's like, oh, yeah. all right, game on now. So, yeah, the yeah. day's practically over. It's wine time. It's I can't wait. We'll have to do a virtual happy hour sometime with your dry oh, farm wine. My God, yes. I'm going to check it out, and then we'll have a, well, We'll do a tasting. Yes. Yes. Well, <laughs> we'll have to do one of those. Um, this tastes like. Yeah. Summer. There you go. <laughs> it's summer evening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then someone will be like, eh, that didn't taste so good, but that's okay. Eh, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> that's right. So, all right. So, Jen, J E N N Bonine.com. Yep. Yep. Or AIAppStore.com. Perfect. Both of those. All right. And um, this is a side note, so people can stop listening at this point. But I'm going to send you information. You should join the WitCon 2020. Yeah. It's our three-day um, virtual conference and you don't have to commit to all three days like I'll just send you a code and yeah, I'm, I want to go 
and check it out and maybe um yeah you'll be able to um you'll have some opportunity to network and promote yourself so there you go I'm going. It sounds amazing. Actually, you know what's so funny on that? I think I had just seen someone promoting that that I knew from Nationwide. Yes. So Melanie Culp is the keynote speaker. She's, um, she's, yeah, she is um, going to, uh, what day does she open? Uh, Thursday, maybe? Yeah. I had met her. We met with a lot of the execs at Nationwide. So when I met her, I saw her promoting it. So I said, we need to go. So She's great. She's I was great. already on the wavelength of going. This yeah. sounds awesome. So for sure. We have um, JJ, Dr- Dr- I never say her last name right. Remember, because that's a fault of mine. Digeronimo. Di- oh. Yes. She does like a lot of things out of Cleveland, tech related. She's got a couple of books. And then T- Tiffany Norwood. Okay. So, yeah. Very cool. And 45 ish speakers. So, Very cool. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. All but one, one man. All women, but one man. That's I know. Awesome. It's very exciting. It sounds amazing. We're going. This is going to be awesome. So, I will send you the information so you can just walk right on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, lady, I thank you so much. You have a good rest of your day, uh, your Monday. Yeah. And go get your wine. Go get my wine. You get your wine. I want to hear about the wine if you liked it. Ever. Okay. I'm going to get the wine and see. I'm going to have to check it out. I know. I, I want your review on it. Like, again, you have to get at least six and then two of the six you'll love and then maybe a couple you won't. But at least then I found you can look them up and find them other places because they've done all the lab testing, right? So they know it's you know what I would do. The ones I don't like, I would give it to a friend and be like, I tried this wine. It's excellent. You should try it. <laughs> And then, and then be like, try it, try it. And then they're not going to be like, Oh, right. They're going to go, Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. They'll be like, that was amazing. Yeah. You'll be like, it's so healthy for you. Has no chemicals. No chemicals. It's like eating grapes. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm that type of person who would do that. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Well, I love chatting with you. So fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time. And feel free to drop us a line at getwitted.org.